I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Sebas, here we go. Go! We are headed into week four of the NFL season, coming off a winning week, and this is our time to shine. This is the grinded out portion of the season, so let's keep banging out winning weeks. What do you say? Speaking of grinding and banging, I have also come. (laughs) I have also come to the realization that I will not be doing any of that again until after football season. All work, no play makes Longhorn a horny boy. When <laughs> is that next Vegas trip? Because I am ready to pay for it at this point. Now, whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, hilarious, hilarious. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. And as always, here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a rupture fresh grind IPA by Odell Brewing Company in Fort Collins, Colorado. Gross. Very solid beer. Two and a half out of five stars on the beer app. And Longhorn, I'm drinking this beer tonight because, like you said, man, we're back on a fresh grind in the Super Contest. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we were not victorious in the first three weeks. We needed a 5-0, and oh, and Longhorn only went 3-2, and two, just 60%, because he's Slacker. a fucking... Loser! Fucking slacking over here. Can't even go 5-0. What a fucking <laughs> idiot. 
Oh, no, that's a fantastic fucking run. And this is our third year now in the Super Contest, and we've done similar similar things in three-week stretches, but we have never had 11 wins in an actual qualifying three-week stretch in the contest. So, goddammit, hell of a fucking run. He's only two back of the overall lead, and we're going to keep that fucking train rolling all year long, baby. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It's good to start. Like you said, we've had winning you know stretches like this but to start like this you know it just sets us up for the season now we're still alive for the six week new three week and obviously the overall so yeah let's uh let's keep grinding and banging grinding and banging baby all right we're gonna get to the podcast we're gonna go every and i do mean every game in the nfl in the air tonight we're gonna give out likes leans and all the stuff we normally do and of course of course we're gonna get you paid with those free picks but right now we have to get paid and to do that here is this week's sponsor this week's podcast is sponsored by coppergimmick.com have you seen those commercials with those old ass athletes like brett Favre and jerry rice when they walk onto a football field to play two-hand touch and they're wearing like 19 fucking copper braces all over their body i can't think of anything more pathetic than seeing two of the best players to ever step foot on an nfl field peddling this geriatric bullshit but Apparently, the good people over at CopperGimmick.com are ready to up the ante with their brand new product, the Copper Jockstrap. That's right, finally a ball koozie that will keep your manberries feeling as good as the rest of your old ass body, I guess. So if your spermaries are headed towards the infirmary, just slide this specially made jockstrap on and oh my god, your sugar lumps have never felt so sweet. How does it work, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. The Copper Jockstrap has an exceptional fit that cradles your ball bag like the right hand of your favorite whore and makes your testes feel their besties all day long. No more saggy old man beanbag for you, my friend, with the Copper Jock's no nutsack left behind guarantee. If this Jockstrap doesn't help your testicles rest of these, just simply return it. Fucking gross. For a full refund, apparently. So visit our friends over at coppergimmick.com today and put in our cohort glory hole for 10% off this tea bag rejuvenation celebration. That's coppergimmick.com, code word glory hole for 10% off this horse shit. One more time, coppergimmick.com, code word glory hole. Holy shit, Longhorn, that copper jockstrap sounds like a hell of a product. I know who will be in need of one, and that will be one Travis Kelsey, because that old bastard has now apparently nabbed uh, Miss Swifty herself, and with her showing up to the game, here's some unbelievable stats that I read this week. His jersey sales went up. 400%. The NFL got a 10 million viewer boost on the broadcast once it was announced she was in the booth and being shown on TV. And keep in mind, boys and girls, this is by a bunch of birds that don't know what the football looks like, have no idea who Travis Kelsey is or probably how to pronounce his last name. But you know what? These people are fucking nuts and uh, good for Travis Kelsey, man. Yeah, speaking of birds like i mean i don't know how many copper straps i would need to be attracted to that gangly fucking bird oh, but yeah he, he can lying. he can have her all he wants because she is fucking gross oh god she's so fucking ugly <laughs> happening right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening 
It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby! Bells, those bells, here we go, baby. Yeah. Fucking week four NFL. Now, before we get into it real quick, next week we do have some buys. Browns, Bucks, Chargers, and Seattle. I will be going over those as we get into those games of how uh, teams have done uh, in the last ten years before the buy and which positions they're in. So we'll, we will get into them as we get into them. Say those teams again. Browns, Bucks, Chargers, and Seahawks. All right. All right, starting off though, we're gonna start off. Oh, I got a lot of you sound like everybody got a mm. And we're going to my Jacksonville Jaguars. Pu, they stink. Hmm. But they are three point kind of home favorites versus those hot Atlanta Falcons. Good day, mate, over here in the, across the <laughs> pond. It's our favorite little, uh, our favorite little. I love eight thirty a.m. NFL football. It's Who just my, doesn't? It's just my favorite. I wish we. I wish they'd all start at eight thirty. Uh, no, this is terrible. I hate this shit. This is why they always stick the Jaguars over there. And um, yeah, fuck them. So let's send them the another. Actually, actually, the Falcons are two and one somehow. But look, in this game at plus three. Everything tell everything says you're supposed to take the three. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going against that urge. I'm going to do it. I'm going against that urge to do it because Jacksonville, they're one and two. They've left so many points on the field uh, against the Chiefs. There were two or three catches out the back of the end zone or just one toe out on the sideline that could have set up other scores they did it again last week with houston i don't know what the deal is with um the timing between him and his receivers and ridley's been playing like shit kind of dropping balls left and right outside of week one but at any point that's gonna change and what better place to do it than over in london where you're familiar and the other team's not um you, you know and if they do drop 28 to 31 which they're easily capable of doing um, Ritter, they're, they're toast. They are fucking toast if that happens. I mean, fucking Detroit scored 20 last week and they were toast. So, you know, I get that, you know, Atlanta's two and one and they got the running game, but Jacksonville's shown that they're more stout against the run than they are the pass. They kind of invite you to pass and teams that can pass can take advantage of that, but I don't see Atlanta being able to, to do that. Um, uh, the, uh, when I was talking about the, re- the receivers, Jacksonville leads the league and drop rate uh for the uh for the season so far is and that Ritter, good though that's not good but that won't stay the same because these are good receivers but how but Ritter Ritter is leading the league in turnover worthy throws so I see kind of in this game a flip on what's been happening so far in the season and I think the better team comes out of this game Two and two, and the uh, the team without a real starting quarterback uh, leaves two and two also. Uh, and last thing, favorites international games are twenty five fourteen ATS. You know, it's, it's the spread points you to, to Atlanta, points me to Atlanta plus three, but everything else points me to Jacksonville, and I'm going to lean Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, so 
the it's a no call on the power rankings. Uh, this line is right about where it should be. Um, the only bucket Atlanta falls in is the dogs decreasing uh, on the lines from the preseason move. Uh, that hasn't performed as well as it did in previous years, so I am expecting a kick up on that this week, but I don't expect it here. Now, one thing, one trend that I did find that would, if you looked on the service, point you to Atlanta, is that since 2012, week four and later on a neutral field, not counting the playoffs, obviously, or the Super Bowl, uh, a team with two wins and a team with one win, the team with two wins is 4-0 straight up, 3-1 ATS with a plus 15.5 point ATS margin. But every one of those two win teams has been the favorite. Not mm-hmm. the case here. So it's something we've never seen. Uh, I think Atlanta will be a top 10 pick in the contest for sure. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's Jacksonville pass for me. Oh, yeah? You think they'll be uh, Atlanta top 10? Oh, 100%. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on. Those let's go Buffalo. Oh, those Bills fucking got us a super contest win last week. They got back on track kicking the shit out of those poor people of Redskins. <laughs> but this week, boys and girls, oh, baby, what a fucking game. They got the showdown of showdowns. Mm. Those my hammer Dolphins are coming to town right now. Consensus, Buffalo two-and-a-half-point home favorites. Yeah, I did see this tick to three uh, about it, a day. It is at three right now at FanDuel. You're, gonna, you're going to pay minus 115 to get it, though. And yeah, it, also it at points long. break. So it's at it's at one fifteen at quite a few books, but again, you're paying the extra nickel on the juice to get there to eight to actually up to eight cents at some books. Well, look, here's the deal on this. I mean, this is obviously the the must see TV game of the week. Um, you you just cannot have a better come down to earth spot for Miami. Like, I mean, they're coming off the seventy points. Going on the road in division against a a good defense. This is just the perfect spot. Now, if you can get them under, you know, if you can get Buffalo under that three, that's obviously key. That's why anytime this line ticks three at a book, you know they're gonna they're gonna get hit with some money, and it's probably gonna take back down to that two and a half. Um, you know, Buffalo is quietly without people really talking about it. They're they've got a running game. And and Cook is 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 uh, what does he have? I've got it right here. He's got 267 yards in in three games. So they're they're doing it. They 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 rebuilt that offensive line. It's a little bit more physical. And outside of that debacle in week one, when when John Wayne just went fucking bonkers there for a minute, he's he's to his credit. He's calmed down. He's got back into his uh, the the winning ways, dumping down, taking what's there, and relying on a new running game. Uh, it's just, man, it's th- that's why it's hard because you, you they're coming off that seventy points and nobody. I don't think. What do you think about the super contest? You think the people are going to be on more on Miami or more on Buffalo in this game? Oh man, I really don't know. This is the biggest toss up. So because they put it out at two and a half too. So yeah, obviously that's going to entice more people to buy. More people will play Buffalo because of two and a half than Miami, I think. But I don't think that this will be a top ten chosen game either way. I really don't. I mean, I've just got this big flashing sign that that you know that tells me don't bet against Miami. I bet I bet against them with New England in week two. I thought about Denver last week, 
So I've got this like mental note. Don't bet against them right now. Don't bet against them right now. But everything in my, you know, like, like just handicapping, you know, gut and, and knowledge that for as long as we've been doing this is telling me you have to take that Buffalo minus two and a half. You have to. Like if you are doing this and you're a, you know, a professional handicapper, you have to take that. You just have to. So I'm, I can't promise it's going to be in the contest. I can't even promise you that I'm necessarily going to bet it big, but that is the side that I am. I just, I have to lean that way. Yeah. So another no call from the power rankings here, as you would expect. I think this line is really pretty much exactly right. It's come down from the summer line a little bit, but obviously there's reasons for that. Uh, bucket wise, Miami, like I said, they, they came down, so they're in the dogs' decrease bucket. That's the only bucket either one of these teams land in. Uh, the Bills land in none. So I started. I just thought about this game from a high level. Okay, okay, both teams won by more than 20 points. Last, I mean, I know Miami won by 50, but you can't. There's no trend for that. So I was like, okay, two teams blow out. 20 points or more facing each other. And then one of them's on the road as a dog. How does that do? Well, it's 11 and 8 ATS with an average line of 5. But if you cut that line down to 3 or less, which is where I expect this to land, it's 3 and 3 ATS. So it is a complete fucking coin flip. I think it's a great litmus test for both teams. I'm with you. If I had, if somebody made me bet it with an inch of my life, I would definitely lean with the home team. Uh, you know, we kind of told you after the first week what we expected from uh, the the Wyoming Cowboy to turn back into John Wayne. And once he did that, he's going to stay in that mode for a while. He's done that. You know, I, I talked about it last week when I really liked Buffalo against Washington. I said, you know, they're whatever they are in DVOA, but guess what? They're going to finish in the top three as they always do. Well, this week they're back to number one in DVOA. So even ahead of Miami. So... That tells you they've been playing some really good football because if you can win 70 to fucking 20 and you're still not number one in DVOA, that should tell you how good a football Buffalo has actually played outside of that first game, which was turnover riddled. It That looked like year one or two Josh Allen, not the Josh Allen that we've learned, you know, that is John Wayne. And that running game, I've, I'm a, I've been screaming, screaming, screaming for years. You've got to have... A leading rusher that's not your goddamn quarterback. <laughs> they finally do. And I've been on them to go to the Super Bowl, but on them to the Super Bowl. They've disappointed me year after year. This year, I'm like, fuck you guys. I don't think you're ever <laughs> going to fucking learn. You jumped on them. And now, all of a sudden, they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe that guy from the football glory hole was right. Maybe we shouldn't have our quarterback be the leading rusher. Maybe, maybe we should do some, something else. And they are. And as long as they do that and they can effectively run the ball, which you can against Miami, yeah. I mean, and, and he doesn't make any mistakes. Their defense is nasty. They're tough enough to beat Miami, and that is the way I would definitely lean. However, like I said, from a contest perspective, I don't expect this to be a highly played game either way. So I think it's a good get if you have a really good feeling. One way or the other, I think you would pick up a point, especially if you win. You're definitely going to pick up ground on the – on the field on this, I do not expect this to be a highly played game. I would expect more people to be on the Bills just because, just because of the two and a half that got posted at, but that would be the only reason. I don't expect a lot of people – I expect a lot of people to pass this game. 
And, and let's remember, before we move on, let's remember that when in week one, when Miami and this vaunted offense, which it is, I'm not taking anything away, they, they played the Chargers, and the Chargers more gave that game away than Miami won it necessarily. So, and New England held it to New England, New England had, it, had their, like, they, they showed kind of a blueprint for a good defense to slow down this. So, yeah, everything points to Buffalo. Uh, just, we'll see if I got the balls to pull the trigger. All right, we're going to move on to those Carolina Panthers. They are hosting those Minnesota Vikings, and they are four-point home dogs. Yeah, and when I wrote this handicap, it was with the, uh, you know, thinking that Annie Dalton was going to start, and apparently you tell me that he's not, so I don't have a lot. that That's that's not 100%, but Young is practicing. They are... He's trending towards starting. Well, I mean, okay, so if Dalton's starting, this is this. I, I love Carolina in this spot. If he's not, all bets off, and, and you, you, you can tell me what you got over there. All right, so. Uh, sorry, I pulled up the screen here. The numbers are on, I think it's another no call if I'm right about that. Nope, sorry, agreements Carolina there on the numbers. If you look at the buckets, you've got Carolina in a couple of different great buckets. Uh, 59% bucket they fall in, and well, I guess that's their only one. Okay, so they fall in that bucket with that bucket so far. It's 59% historically, but right now through the season, it is 10 and 5, so it's sitting at 66%. So I'm expecting a little bit of regression for that bucket, and I'm expecting to regress to the mean. Quite a few teams that fall into that bucket this week, so... I won't be as bold as playing those as I have been in the past. Um, and then here's a couple of things I have on the game. And I'm glad you mentioned the Andy Dalton thing because I'd have a write-up on that too. So the Vikings on a short week put up 28 points versus Philly, who's 7th DVOA on defense. They put up 24 and really should have been 31 versus the Chargers. And, yes, the Chargers fucking suck on defense, but that's what you do to shitty defenses. Now, here comes Carolina, 24th ranked in DVOA on defense, 24th in EPA. They were supposed to be good. They're fucking not. So many should have no trouble scoring as long as they don't turn the fucking ball over. Now, Minnesota's D isn't any better than Carolina, so I do expect Carolina to have some success scoring. However, Carolina's offense is poverty, 26th in DVOA, 21st in EPA. And I know the narrative was, oh, Andy Dalton, look how much better the offense was. But if you look inside those numbers, they weren't. They got five yards per play, which is below league average. And that's against Seattle's shitty fucking defense, 23rd in DVOA. Now, they got the benefit of the turnover margin. They converted over 50% of their third downs, and they held Seattle to a 23% third down conversion rate at home. None of those three stats are sustainable. And even with those incredible advantages, they lost that game by 10 points. So in other words, they still fucking suck. And this trend right here, and this goes, there's two different games, this game and actually the next one. Week four later, when two winless teams play each other, the home team, 11-15 ATS. Now, when the home team is a dog, 4-6 ATS with a negative 5.70 ATS margin, 2-8 straight up, they're losing by 8 points per game. So, Andy Dalton or not, I like the Vikings here. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, those Chicago Bears. They're hosting those shitty fucking Denver Broncos. 
And they are right now, consensus, uh, it's three, three and a half. What does the contest have it at? We'll go with that number. Three. Three? Yeah. All right, three-point home dogs. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't want any part of this game. Um, either way, you know, last week when you've when you've got Chicago with all that dysfunction, that's an easy call to fade them uh, against Kansas City. But you know, now we have two dysfunctional teams playing each other. Um, you know, so I mean, the eye candy of three or three and a half at home—that's very tempting. But I, I just want no part of that. I want no part of that because, you know. If, if you're still holding on to priors, which it's week four, you still got to hold on to some of them. And even though it's very hard with Denver because they've not showed you any real reason to, but my God, like if you're like, I mean, I think we had both of us had Denver as like a maybe 10, 11 win team. And we had Chicago as like a five or six or whatever it was. Like that's, and, and, and now they're only laying three. Like that should be a smash spot if you're holding on to any of your priors. But, I just I, I can't do it. I, I cannot bet Chicago here, and I can't bet Denver here. So it's a stay away game for me. But I will say this is the most. I mean, how do you not just play the over here? It's only forty six, forty six. One of these teams themselves could give up forty. Come on, fifty three. I don't. I don't get. I don't. And and I've just looked it up. The cash is coming in on the under. Like I don't know what I'm missing. Like this, this has high twenties, low thirties, both teams written all over. I don't know how anybody stops anybody. I love the over in this game. I wouldn't touch the side. All right. Well, the numbers agree on Chicago. The buckets are split, so Denver is in a preseason line move. So, and this is good for all seasons. So, when you go from a pick 'em and the May lines that drop. To the favorite, 61% of the time, you are covering. Now, Chicago is in our 59% bucket, but they're also in one of our 18% buckets. So, kind of split for Chicago there. Now, as far as the game, despite the narrative that, you know, Russell Wilson's a problem, the offense is good, well, it ain't great, but it is good enough to win regular season games. They're 14th in DVOA, 15th in EPA, so above average. Now, their defense is fucking horrible. There's no doubt about it. But the Chicago offense is fucking poverty. 31 in EPA, 30th in DVOA. And if you look at Denver's losses, the only offense they've played as bad as Chicago's is Las Vegas, 28th in DVOA. They held them to 17 points. Washington is 19th. And Miami, I think they're slightly above average on offense. I didn't pull their numbers. I think they're okay. Um, So that should mean that Denver can keep Chicago to 17 or less. Now, Chicago is every bit as bad on defense as Denver, but with way less fucking talent. So that means they have no hope to get better. Denver still does. And like I said, Denver's offense isn't the problem. So I can only go Denver here with the matchup. You get the same trend, uh, negative trend on Chicago as you got on the Panthers. And here's else what I will say. So Longhorn talked us out. Uh, playing the under on the Broncos preseason? No, I just said that's the one I wouldn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. you make the call. But you know what? He's gonna totally redeem himself because I'm making a I am making a proclamation right now on this podcast. Mark it down. Denver's still winning ten games this year. They're still winning ten games. And whatever their schedule, mm. it starts on it's, Sunday. It's pretty hard. 
It starts on Sunday, and then they get the Jets next at home. They're going to split with Kansas City as they did last year. They'll split with the Chargers they did last year. They're going to lose at Buffalo. They're going to lose at Detroit. And then they're going to win all the rest of them. All the rest of them. That if you look over their schedule, it is like very, the last nine. Well, I mean, it's that's all spread out. Oh, it's very fucking doable. It is actually very doable. I'm saying Broncos going to start on this game. They're going to win ten games. They're going to get their shit together on defense. They have the talent to do it. They absolutely do have the talent to do it. They're going to come together. Like I said, the offense. Russell Wilson isn't great anymore, but he's good enough to beat bad teams, which is mostly what they have left on their schedule. Like I said, they got to go to Buffalo. They got to go to fucking Detroit. Those are not going to be games they're going to win. But same matchup. Like I said, the problem with the Panthers and Minnesota is the same matchup problem here. The Bears' offense is absolutely fucking poverty. All Denver has to do on defense is just whatever. find whatever is missing. I don't know what it is. I'm not a big X's and O guy, so I can't tell you. But somehow, somewhere, they do, they do have the, t- what I do know is they do have the talent to be better than what they are, a lot better than what they are. And if they get a lot better and their offense just stays slightly above average, that is good enough in this league to win 10 games. That's what they're going to do, go do. I love the Broncos here, actually. I love it, I bet. No, mm. I didn't, <laughs> I do, I do like the Broncos here, though. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, those Cleveland Browns. And they are hosting those Baltimore Ravens. Oh, it's a good matchup here. And consensus three-point home favorites. Yeah, this is, um, you know, three points. Good Lord. I think it was. Oh, wait. Uh, I actually had a final score, Denver 23, Chicago 17. Uh, well, that would be under. That would be under. Uh, that Yeah, if, if they go under that and these two shit defenses only give up 40 points, then I'll tip my hat. Um but in this game, I don't know, you know, up to three points that if, up to three, that makes me pause and think about Baltimore for sure. You got the Cleveland or you got the uh, division matchup and all that. But this is an all time great Cleveland defense that's, that they're building right now. Like this is two and a half in the contest, by the way. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, what they're doing on defense is is like all time. It's 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 eighty five Bears. It's it's the two thousand Ravens. Like they're what they're doing. It's not going to stay, but they're playing like that right now. And Cleveland is basically the better version of Indy. They're good in the trenches on both sides. Uh, but and well, depending on how good you think Watson is, I mean, it's it's certainly an upgrade over Minshew um, to the to the level. It's it's we'll see. But you know. I, I love Cleveland here. I, I know that I know the the things with Lamar as a dog. He's he's tremendous. But you know, even even since week one against Houston, I'm just watching Lamar and I keep watching him, and I'm not I'm not seeing. I, I see a lot of mistakes, even when they're winning. He's fumbling a lot. He's putting the ball in harm's way. I'm just he's playing with fire a lot with the ball, and it hasn't necessarily burned him yet. But going against a defense like this, and, and a challenge like this, I think I think that Cleveland's gonna gonna put it on them here. I really do. Or as much as you know, like a seven point you know yeah, uh, win, which which you know that's easily covers the spread. So I'm gonna lean to Cleveland here. All right. Well, this is another no call on the power rankings uh, buckets. You've got 
Cleveland in the best bucket is another pick them to favorite. So again, 61% and that. Now Cleveland is one of the, uh, before the buy teams, they're the home favorite. So those teams are 45, 33, and 2. ATS, so that is the best spot to be uh, right. before the buy is a home favorite. So you got all that working for you there. I did a lot of, there's, so there's a lot of division matchups this week. So I did a lot of trend work on division matchups. I mean, I tried it from every fucking angle. Basically, everything you look at at this time of year, week four and on, it's all just a coin flip. There's really no discernible difference, no matter what the records are, spreads, blah, 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 home away. It doesn't matter. So a lot of these games are going to be division matchups. are going to be coin flips for me to kind of stay away from. This is another one. So to me, these are very. These are two teams that are trying to outbuild each other in the exact same way. They're both top ten in DVOA overall. They're both on their path uh, to their projected win total from from the preseason uh, to hit it or go over it. So I think these are two good football teams. You get two and a half to three points. It could easily go either way. I mean, both the quarterbacks play the same way. The defenses try to play the same way. Cleveland's definitely has a better defense. I won't argue there. But I, I, this, this is one of the easiest, easiest pass for me on the week. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Oh, those Houston. That said Houston with an H. Texans. Got us a big win last week on our card, on the fucking contest, on the fucking beating a shit ton of people out of fucking Survivor. Oh, thank you, Houston. They are three-point home dogs, those Pittsburgh lucky-ass Steelers. Yeah, and I think that in this game, you've got both of them coming off big road wins, obviously. But I think, and I'm hoping, that the public is going to kind of get on that C.J. Stroud train and start buying into them uh, and suppressing that line. And I think that maybe it's happened here because... You know, before the season started, you know, if you just said Pittsburgh's in Houston and they're only laying three, I'd say, okay, that's a that's an easy lean to Pittsburgh. But I think people still have a sour taste in their mouth with Pittsburgh just because of the way they've looked on offense. However, if you look at the opponents they've played, San Francisco, Cleveland, um, and then and then last week was the first you know not good defense that they played and they and they they looked more competent on offense and like I said before Jacksonville left a lot of points on the field against Houston um, so I I if it stays at three I'm leaning to Pittsburgh here um, this this pass rush that Pittsburgh has it's going to be the first pass rush that Houston has faced like this since the Baltimore game in Week One and he, and they had. Stroud kind of, you know, I mean, it was his first game, but they had him looking the worst he's looked so far this year. So I, I, I hope it stays at three. I like Pittsburgh. This is like, like if Tomlin's going to make the playoffs or win nine games, either or, this is the game that he goes on the road and wins. And if they win, they should they should cover the three. So I like I like Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that that will probably be. Um... The sharper side of the contest. Um, I think a lot of people will go with Houston, like you said. Houston is a numbers agreement. If you look at the buckets, it is a clean sweep for Houston. Uh, 61% bucket they fall into. 69% bucket fall into. 59% bucket they fall into. Pittsburgh falls into no buckets. Mm. Um, 
So I don't disagree with you or anything you said. However, there's a lot of underlying numbers that are going with Houston. And, oh, this is the Numbers Geek Stat of the Week. Nerd alert! Nerd! Nerd! You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right, boys and girls, since 2012, home teams, dogs are four or less with one win versus a team with two wins. 17 to 12, ATS with a plus 3.33 ATS margin with an average line of two and a half, which is probably about where this will close in if all the public money keeps coming down. 15 and 15 straight up, so a good coin flip dog for your round robin in Houston here. But when you add in that both teams are coming off a win, the home dog goes to six and two with a, with an ATS margin of plus 9.94 and six and two straight up. And if you add on to that, that the favorite is coming in off two straight wins, four and two ATS for the home dog with a plus 11 and a half ATS margin, four and two straight up, winning by nine points a game and one and five to the under, going under by 10.67 points per game with an average total of 48.3. Now this total is sitting at 42. So that's kind of iffy there. I mean, I know it covers it or whatever, but you're getting, you're getting close. Yeah. Uh, but if Houston's going to win, I do agree with the under there too. I think Houston has to be in your round robin, uh, as a possibility as the dog, uh, winning outright here. Um, and Tomlin, not so great as a favorite. So I actually, I actually like Houston. Mm. I, I'm probably going to be, I'm going to be on the square side. It's probably one of my square ball picks. Uh, but you know, they hit about 50 50. I might flip the coin here. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, we're going to, oh, those Indianapolis Colts. One point consensus home favorite over those Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, everything went Indy's way last week. I talked about that in the Monday recap pod, and they stole one on the road, and L.A. was a mess on Monday night, and they, you know, only lost by three. So, you know, I need to know what what's the quarterback situation for Indy. Like, I think Richardson might play. Is is kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, true. Yeah. So I it, I just I like this. I like the bounce back spot for LA, and I like the um, kind of let down spot for Indy, especially if they go to Richardson because you know it's just the psychology of a team. You got you won a game with a different quarterback. Now we're going back to a, a different guy that that you know. They haven't had really any any success with yet because he's a rookie. He's barely played. So, uh, just you know, I don't love it. I, you know, not not necessarily something I would play. It's more like a pass game for me for sure. But on a forced lean, I like the bounce back spot for the Rams. Yep, no call in the power rankings. The only bucket that Indy falls into is the same one pick to fave. But in the contest, I believe it's a pick 'em, so it's kind of nullified. And even if you want to leave them there, you got three teams that hit 61%. The other two teams are Broncos and Browns. I like the Broncos. You like the Browns. I think Indy's the odd one out here, but I can't, uh, I just can't get a bead on either one of these teams. Uh, I mean, I had the Rams week one. Since then, I haven't been felt comfortable being on them and I still kind of don't, but I'll be rooting for them. And I do agree with you directionally. So, but yeah, it's definitely a pass game for me. All right. All right, moving on, those new, my, new Orleans Saints. God damn it, why can't we have nice things? Mm. We got the Crab King back. Three-point mm. home favorites over the the 
Tampa. What well, goddamn? Why the fuck does the Tampa Bakers? Well, do you have do you have the Crab King? I'm I'm hearing car. There's a, there's a chance. So I, I don't I I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. So it's, I mean, the line would suggest that it's I guess I mean a three three and a half is that what what would it be if Carr was cleared and and Kamara coming back, which is the thing. Yeah, Kamara's coming back. I don't know how much Vegas is going to weigh that in. Let me look at – go ahead with your handicap. I, I don't have a handicap. This is a no play for me. Like, there's too much uncertainty with the with the injuries. Uh, so, I, it's, it's just a pass game for me. Yeah, so it was five and a half, so about two and a half. Well, that seems fair from uh, Carr to Winston. So, two, two, two to two and a half, I think that's fair. Carr's not – an upper echelon quarterback, he's above average, and Jameis is, you know. Even with the boost of Camaro, I mean, I, I would say that's – you're probably getting a little value on the Saints there. I would say that as well. Uh, the numbers are on Tampa Bay at three. Um, the Bucks are, though, before – they are before they're by. They're a road dog, which is not the best spot. It is 29 and 26, so you're basically flipping coins there. No real advantage. And if you look at uh, the buckets, the Bucks are kind of all over the fucking place. Some good and some bad. New Orleans isn't anywhere. Uh, yeah, this is another. It's a, this is a pass game for me. I'm not putting my faith in the Crab King to do anything. However, um, you've seen basically two bad games from Baker Mayfield and one good. I think that's about what you're going to get. We both had them going under their season total on the year, and uh, this is a game the Saints have to have. So. I don't think a lot of people are going to be playing this game, and if they do, I surely don't think a lot of people are going to be laying three with New Orleans. So it yeah. could be a good contrarian play. There's going to be a lot of half points in this week's Super Contest, like a lot of a lot of games on three and that are just going to land on the number. So, All right, moving on. Those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Whew, they're steaming. They just keep wheelie beaming. They're steaming, baby. Uh, consensus eight, we'll call it right now, even though I see eight and a half across the board, they keep on going up versus those Washington Redskins. Yeah, well, they can just keep on going up because teams who score three points or less the week before are 57% ATS the next week. Tennessee and Washington fall into that uh, little trend. Look, I love Philly in teasers, you know, take them from eight to two or eight and a half to two and a half, but. I'm going to lean to the bounce back for Washington and those eight and a half points, you know, division matchup coming off just an embarrassment and Philly coming off a short week. So it's ugly. It's gross. It's it's hard to do, but those are the ones that, uh, you know, in the long run usually pay off. So give me those red skins catching all them points. Yep. So another no call power rankings at uh, eight and a half. However, in the buckets, Washington doesn't land in Italy, any Philly lands in everything bad, I think, that we have on the board. Uh, 42% bucket, 13% bucket, 29% bucket, and the dreaded 0% bucket that Tampa landed in last week. That's Philly? Philly. Mm, So, definitely agree with you there. Now, when I thought about this game, I had to kind of think about Okay, what did we think about these teams? You mentioned priors earlier, and they're still very important. We're only three three games in the season. What did we think about these teams going into 
this season. So I was higher on Philly than you were, but we both had them, you know, winning, I, think, I believe, double digit games. Uh, we were both down on Washington, uh, winning under their win total. And so far, we've been pretty accurate on what these teams are. Now, Washington obviously has won two games. The game in Denver was not expected. But if you look at the look-ahead line from the summer, it was 7.5. This game opened at 7.5, so Vegas opened exactly what they thought. So they thought they were pretty accurate, too. So that gives me some confidence there, especially this number at 8 or 8.5. And, and then if you look at this individual matchup, since 2012, the Eagles at home versus the Skins, 3-7-1 ATS, 6-5 and five straight up, mm. and 8-3 and three to the over. The plus 4.27 margin. Now, you wouldn't think in a Redskins game, game we go over. In this matchup, it has. That was an average total of 46.5. This total is 44. And since 2020, if you want some more recency um, stats, you're like, oh, well, who gives a fuck about then? All right, well, the last couple years, at home, the Eagles versus the Skins, they play them every year. 0-2-1 ATS. And 1-2 and straight up. And 2-1 and to the over. So this trend has held... True, even over the last three years recently. So that's basically 11 years worth of data. And over the last three years, it's, it's hitting the exact same clip in every single uh, metric from an ATS, from a straight up, and from the over perspective. So I'll take the skins and the over on a two-gamer on this one. Yeah, I love that. All right, moving on. Those oh, Tennessee Titans. Two and a half point home dogs, those Cincinnati kind of boggles. We'll see. Yeah, this one's a real simple one for me. I'm not going to overthink this. I'm not going to overanalyze this. I'll let you do that with the numbers over there. Hit that sounder. We got Vrabel, home dog, coming off a blowout loss on the road. Cincy coming off a primetime win. They didn't look good. That that calf is still fucked up for Joe Burrow. Like, I mean, no. This Tennessee wins this game. Take the two and a half. Tease them up to eight and a half. Do all that. Do all that stuff too. But yeah, I like Tennessee to win this game. All right. Well, the numbers agree with you. The buckets are split since he's in a sixty-nine percent, a fifty-nine percent, but Tennessee is in a sixty-one percent. So pretty much a wash there. Now. Since 2012, two teams playing each other with one win. The road favorites, which would be Cincinnati, 16 and 21 ATS with a negative 2.2 ATS margin with an average line of three and a half. And if you add in that the road favorites coming off a win and the dogs off a loss, well, 0 and 2 ATS for the favorite with a negative 12 point ATS margin and 0 and 2 straight up losing by 10 points per game. So everything agrees with you there. I'm not going to argue with you. I watched that game, uh, Joe Burrow. So there's a new, there's a new phrase, uh, Longhorn. I don't know if you're familiar with the game pickleball. Uh, yeah, I think so. The little paddles and the, the stuff. Yeah. It's basically like miniature tennis, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a new phrase that has been, uh, coined among the kids in the college game. It's, oh, you got a pickleball offense. Well, Cincinnati very much has a pickleball offense right now they don't do anything down the field there was one play in particular and it was like the second play of the game i think joe burrow draws back to pass they had a deep concept on him. he dropped back there was no pressure at all from the rams he stood in the pocket 
for, you know, the usual two seconds. And instead of trying to move and do the things that Joe Burrow does, now nah, he just flung it out of bounds to nobody. I mean, he had a guy in the area, so he didn't call for grounding because he, he did fling it about 20, 30 yards on the field, but he had no intention of completing that pass. He had no intention of moving and trying to find a target crossing the middle, pointing, like, hey, go over here, all the shit he normally does. He ain't doing none of that shit. So it, as long as he's compromised, I, I cannot, cannot, cannot Mm-mm. bet on Cincinnati. So it, it would definitely be Tennessee or pass for me. Yeah, that's it's the only way I would play this. All right, moving on. Oh, those Los Angeles superchargers. Mm. They're Los Angeles. They won last week. All right. Uh, they are hosting, oh, our Las Vegas Raiders. Five and a half point home favorites. Yeah, and this is the Danger Zone Game of the Week. In this game, look, we got the, the Raiders broke my heart last week. We all know it was a super contest loss. Needed the 5 0, blah, blah, blah. Coach can't do math at the end of the what game. That? He can't do math. He kicks a field goal when they're down what by a eight. Fucking it's, asshole. It's one of those things. Look, I get it. They're not very good. I know Jimmy G's in concussion protocol. He, he Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I'm not, I haven't heard the update. Uh, I have not heard. Okay, well, I don't care. Here's the deal I don't care because the Chargers are going to do Charger things. It's just what they fucking do. They don't ever blow out these teams. Teams they should, especially the teams that they should. So if if, uh, if the backup, Hoyer, or whoever it is that's, that's playing, if he's in there, they should, they should kill this team. They're not going to. It'll be a close game. It'll come down at the end. Maybe the Chargers kick a field goal to win. Maybe the Raiders still won. Doesn't fucking matter. You're getting over field goal. I'm taking the points and wouldn't be shocked at all if the Raiders still won. I think this will definitely be a contrarian play in the contest to take. I don't. I don't think. I don't think this will be a very popular bet game either way in the contest. So, I like that. Uh, as far as the buckets, they are split. You got good stuff for the Raiders. You got good stuff for the Chargers on both sides. So, and that makes sense because, again, this is another division game in Week Four or on and. Like I said, every angle I looked at it, it is just coin flip fucking city. No matter, again, no matter the spread, favorite, dog, doesn't matter how they're doing, records, blah, 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 does not matter. It's literally fucking coin flip city. Uh, the numbers on this one agree with the Raiders at the five and a half. I do agree that this line has definitely been inflated. It is definitely, uh, it's come down from the preseason uh, numbers, but... Still, I think from what both these teams have shown, it's definitely inflated to me. So yeah, it'd be it'd well, be Vegas or pass for me. Wasn't on this that one. wasn't that la- was it last year that the Chargers needed that win in the last week to go to the playoffs against the Raiders? And that's and it, every year, sir. I know every it, year. Yeah, this is just I've seen this game a million times. It always comes down to the end. So yeah, I'll take the points. All right, we're moving on. Oh. Those Dallas Cowboys! They are consensus now. Six and a half point home favorites versus those New England Patriots. Three games in a row, the three sounders, and this is the big dick pick of the week. I'm gonna pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. 
Nice big cock. I'm gonna put my dick in. All right. Uh, look, I'm, the line's not going my way. It's like dead on seven the whole week. I don't care. I don't care. I am taking New England to certainly cover and have a good shot to win this game. The Cowboys have issues in the red zone um, this year. That is obvious. It's obvious if you're watching the game, they have issues in the red zone. I don't know how many of their offensive linemen are going to come back and play this week, but even if they do, they you know when they were in there, they still had they still had issues. And New England is a good defense. Uh, you're getting seven points against a uh, against a team that that in in New England who likes to play close games. They're going to shorten this game. They're going to ball control. Uh, we just saw Dallas's defense get ran all over. Well, what does New England like to do? They like to run all over you. They're going to do that. They're going to use a short passing game, keep the ball, frustrate Dak on the other side. They, I, I do expect Dallas to move up and down the field at times against this defense, but when they get down to the goal line or the red zone, are they going to be able to punch it in for seven, or are they going to have to settle for field goals, or even worse, is Dak going to turn it over a time or two? Uh, this just sets up perfectly – for a New England, who I think is still a good team. If you look at their losses, it was against Miami. They ran it the whole time. And what was the other one? Um, well, whatever. I'll, I'll circle back to that. But, like, yeah, they're, they're – oh, it was Philly, Philly. against Philly. And, and you know, uh, they were, they were you know, they fell behind huge early and fought their way back. So this is a good New England team. And you're giving me seven points against a Dallas team that, you know, is – has some has some warts, you know, especially now with with Diggs out. We'll see how they rebound from that. They they should be fine over the course of the season, but as of right now, it prove it to me. Prove it to me that you that you fix all those issues in one week. And Belichick's known for taking away your favorite option, so I do expect uh, Belichick to take away Lamb in this game. And <laughs> okay, you tell me where you tell me where enough points are going to come from in Dallas to cover that seven against New England. I don't see it. Yeah, so it's seven in the contest. It's down to six and a half. Uh, but New England was five and a half in the summertime. So this line has gone up from there. Gone up. Now, why, would it, why would it go up? That's a good question. I don't – well, I mean – the Patriots' offense is poverty, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, look, looking at the numbers, this is the one uh, disagreement of the week. Power rankings do have New England, though, covering at the seven number. Uh, the numbers are split, but if you look at this game, though, in a whole, and the buckets are split also, so actually, no, Cowboys are the only one that fell in a bucket. It's our 64% system, uh, one bucket, but... That bucket is two and two so far. Now this is an all year bucket, so sixty four percent. So the numbers would tell you Dallas was the play here. But again, this is this is not a four week bucket; it's an all year bucket. So it doesn't mean they have to. It just means at the end of the year, it's going to end up around sixty percent. So if they do or if they don't cover this game, definitely the next team and the the two teams that were in it last week were uh, Kansas City and Buffalo. So it was 0-2 before that, then it went 2-0. and So it's it's going to end up around the 60% mark. But again, that doesn't mean that this game in particular has to go that way. Uh, where I'm at with this game, though, is you've got a, you know the best defensive coach in the game, obviously, in Belichick, versus a very inefficient offense. And like you said, they're very bad in the red zone. But you have a great, and I mean great fucking defense in Dallas. 
And it's not just the turnover anymore. You know, up until the last game, they were pretty good against the run. I know they had kind of a sieve there. Kind of expect them to figure that out a little bit. And they're playing a quarterback who's not a starting-level quarterback in the NFL with the McCookie Monster. So besides that, every trend that I looked up in this game, every single angle, it didn't have a lot per aside, but every single one screamed to the under. So my best call in this game will be the under. I've already bet it. And um, I did bet the Cows on a two-team teaser. For cows in the under, so cows, I got them at minus one and the under. Uh, I can see this game either going 16-10, 20-10, something like that. You could be right. New England could win. Uh, but I don't like betting full games like that when you're laying seven points. I fully agree with you. There's no chance I would lay seven with Dallas. I think it's a coin flip either way if they cover, if they cover. So, for me, it's the under all the way. I bet that. And then also, I did bet the Cows minus one and the teaser. If the Cows are going to be everything that you projected them to be, and you've been pretty spot on so far on your projections on most of these teams, and New England, I didn't have them very high. You didn't have them very high. This is this is just a game at home that Dallas has to win. They have to win this fucking game. Now, how they do it, However they do it, I don't think they cover seven. I agree with you 100% there. I, just, I mean, but they do have to win it, but it's going to be ugly. Like I said, 16-10, 17-10, 13-10, 20-10, something like that. If it's low scoring, then seven points is gold. I mean, it's just yeah. fucking gold. No, so I, I don't... I, I'm, I'm 100% with you on the plus. I I would not lay seven. I would, I would take the plus seven if I had to. I just don't really like it either way for the side. I, I just don't. This Dallas defense is legit. The McCookie Monster is really fucking bad. But I do know that Belichick will keep the cows out of the end zone. So it'll be a field goal fest. So anytime you get that, yeah, give me the seven points. But again, more. I think that I think the best bet in this game from a money perspective is just take the under. Yeah, I mean, yes, I obviously was high on the Cowboys, but the the two things that I was worried about are kind of showing themselves, and that's the uh, the coach. You know McCarthy, McCarthy uh, issue, and also the running game. So if that's like like I said, I just you know show it to me, show me that you've fixed that after one week, and and then we'll see. All right, we're moving on to those San Fran. Oh fuck, I forgot, dude. One more thing on Dallas and fucking New England. So this is classic fucking Belichick, classic fucking Belichick. Again, this will support your point too in New England. Okay. So he already has Zeke right on the team. He's contributing. So who does Belichick sign this week ahead of the Cowboy game? Jason Garrett. No, I don't think he's up for signing. He's got a no. pretty good gig on TV. But he did sign your boy Will Greer, who spent mm. two years in the Cowboy system and played, again, every preseason oh, yeah. game. He knows every fucking hand signal. He knows all the fucking <laughs> audibles. He knows fucking everything. So now Playing the Cowboys... Chess. Are gonna have to change all that shit. Now they are at home, so it shouldn't be a major. Fa- it was in New England. I, I would definitely say it was a major factor. But being at home, they should be able to fucking get. They are professionals, but dude, Belichick plays every goddamn angle. There is yeah. not one angle that that dude will not play. That's why he's the fucking goat, man. Yeah, that's genius. All right, now we're gonna move on. Those San Francisco. Woo. God damn, they're good, 49ers. They're laying 14 points 
to those Arizona fighting Midgeless Cardinals. Yeah, and in this game, people just got to make a decision pretty quickly now on how what do they think about Arizona because are they fool's gold and everything's going to come crashing back down to earth or are they going to be one of these teams that is constantly over, undervalued the entire season and you get these huge numbers and they're just a team that you keep backing taking those points all year long or until or until you know the the books get tired of getting you know destroyed and they they finally adjust um I think it might be a public dog for sure, but I'm gonna I am gonna take Arizona and that huge number division matchup, and just you know prove it to me. Like I'm, I'm I'm tired of beating my head the other way, so just prove to me that Arizona is gonna quit and suck in a game, <clears throat> and then and then I'll start thinking the other way. And the only other thing I got is, you know, Purdy's awesome. We get it. He's a system quarterback, fits his system perfectly. But we'll say. He's had some moments in some games that kind of like eh. he was not he was not good. Yeah, like there's last like, week. like he's not Joe Montana yet. So like you know if if you catch him on an off day and you're catching 14 points and you got a team that isn't completely fucking inept like the Giants on offense, then you might be able to backdoor this. So I'm I'm gonna take the 14 and see what happens. All right, well, the numbers are obviously going to agree with you. Three weeks into the season, there's no fucking chance that anything supports right. 14 points. Unless, if you remember back, what, dude, what was that, like 2018 Miami? Was that was a tank for two a year? Nah, I don't know. I think it was like the first three weeks, and I, I strictly remember we argued about it on the podcast because Miami was catching like 18 in New England. Mm. They're like, oh, you got to take the 18. I was like, no, oh, do I really think they're this bad? And New England covered. And then the next week, they were catching 21 to the Cowboys in Dallas. And you're like, you got to take my I was like, I don't know, man. I think there might be. And the Cowboys covered the 21. <laughs> man. Now, that, that was a true fucking tank job. This is not what this is, uh, to your point. Yeah. Now, so having said that, if I'm putting my own money down, actual money, yeah, you can only look to Arizona, right? But... Just to play some devil's advocate here, I do worry about the fatigue factor here. And I don't mean like fatigue three weeks in the season. What I mean by fatigue, first of all, San Francisco is coming off extra rest. They played on Thursday night. Like you said, Brock Purdy was not good. Actually, he was pretty bad to start. And they still blew the Giants out. But what I mean by fatigue is, if you think about Arizona has had to get up for every single game. And it's been tested down to the wire for every single game. And they're going to have to continue to do that because they're not a good football team. So don't get it twisted. But eventually, that does take a toll on a team, and especially against a team like San Francisco. Well, all they do is grind, grind, and grind on you. And I'm not sure that Arizona can stay up long enough to hang in this line. Now, what I'm 100% positive about is if they don't, and San Francisco heads into the fourth above the cover line, meaning Arizona's down by multiple scores, obviously. There will be no backdoor. There will be no backdoor. I know Arizona's fought hard, and I think they will do the same. To fight. I know they'll do the same to start this game. And if they catch some breaks, they can obviously hang in the game. And if all things go well all the way through, that's great. But if this gets ugly in the third, I 100% do not expect them to put forth the effort in a game that they cannot win to cover a spread. 
Players will, these are professional players. They're going to make business decisions. Coaches are going to make business decisions in that scenario. I will be live betting this game. That's the only way that I really want to go about making some money here. Uh, one trend that I do have here is uh, home division faves of 13 or more, weeks four through eight, so basically your second quarter of the season. Two one and one ATS, so big home faves in division, or two one and one. It's the only division number that I found in this that made any sense ATS. Four and zero straight up, winning by 18 and a half points per game. Now, versus a team with one win, 2-0-1 ATS, 3-0 straight up, ATS margin of plus 7.33. That's with an average line of 13.7, so they're winning by over 20 points a game in this situation. I think this one will end when all the square money gets done coming on Arizona. It'll end up probably around 13.5 around game day, so I think that's exactly where this will land. This will definitely be a square dog in the contest. I'm not saying it can't win. What I, but like I said, what I'm 100% positive about is there will be no backdoor backdoor effort here. There will it, that will not happen. San Francisco is a team that just beats the shit out of you. And like I said, you either get lucky and Purdy does play bad, make some mistakes. That game he could have easily thrown an interception on like his third pass of the game if Kittle doesn't break that up. And maybe that Giants game goes a whole different way. And maybe in Arizona, Kittle's not there to break it up, and it does go a different way. And if that happens, it's game fucking on. Because like you said, Arizona will fight to the end if they have a chance to win. But again, this is going to be the fourth straight week where they're going to be majorly tested and have to give every ounce of effort that they have just to hang in this game. And this that's just not a team that you're going to do that with in the fourth quarter if you're down by multiple scores. So directionally, I'm with you. And I think we both are we're together on the fact that Arizona's going to come out fighting, get their best effort. I think what we start to separate is if they don't, if it's not a game, th- there will be no fight in the fourth quarter. There will be no fight. Keep an eye on the deception for Arizona. If that continues and it starts to be a thing where they, they just have great drawn-up plays, people busting wide open, if they can do that against San Francisco – it's actually going to be a real thing, and this coach needs to, needs to start being talked about. Uh, but, yeah, I'd like to see it some more. All right, moving on. Oh, those New York J-E-T-S. Jets, Nine and a half point home dogs. Uh, Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, you know, in a normal situation, this would be an autoplay to take the home dog here. Uh, but much like last week's situation with chaos and with Chicago, I, I, there's a lot of chirping going on in New York. I don't like, you know, the defense is starting to talk. There's, there's, you know, Aaron, A-Rod telling people to, you know, quit pointing fingers, yada, yada, yada. I just don't like, I don't like the feel of it. Um, but I also don't like Kansas city laying huge numbers. Like I, you know, like I said last week, it was the perfect storm. Their offense had been struggling up to, up to then in the season, so they had motivation at home to press the. They needed. To, they needed to show everybody. Yeah, they were still but, that that team. Right. So all the motivation was there against a team in chaos. The motivation for Kansas City is back to what it's always been with Reed and Mahomes: is let's just get a win. Um, so you know everything points to New York for me at home here with those huge numbers, but I just don't like the chaos uh, on a force lean. Of course, I would take. I would take the points. I'd like to. I'd like to see it get to ten, and then it's a serious conversation. But you know, 
I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, nine and a half points. Consensus nine and a half points in the contest. Numbers obviously are going to agree with the Jets at this point. And uh, the Jets in a couple of buckets are, I mean, they're pretty much split 59% in one and 18% for the other one. So not much help there. Kansas City didn't fall in any buckets this week. And I hate Hackett. Like, Hackett is fucking terrible. Like, when you're watching the game, uh, and I, uh, what was the game that – yeah, it was the Jets. It was uh, the Bills. The first week when A-Rod went yeah, down. Awful. He's He sucks. He's so bad. Like, and, you know, last week Tony Romo is calling the game and he's just, you know, he's, as much as as much as much he can get away with on the broadcast, he's basically calling this guy an idiot. Like, like throw the ball on first down. Like, give your bad quarterback a shot. If you're going run, run, pass all fucking game – you can't do that. Like, how is he still offensive coordinator in the NFL? I have no idea. Yeah, I, 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 I've never understood that, and I've watched a lot of Redskins football over the years, and that's what they did for 20 straight years. They had 20 years of bad quarterback play, and somehow these coaches think that, that if they lower the variance, that will give them a better chance, which in some instances, yeah, that's true yeah, if you have sometimes. a great defense, which the Jets do, so I can kind of defend it from that perspective. Now, on this game in particular – Basically, you know, this is a carbon copy of last week's uh, game from KC from an offensive perspective. The Jets can't score the ball at all. Neither can Chicago. Now, if you play the home-and-home switch, though, that makes this game KC minus 13.5 over the Jets, which is exactly, I believe, what it closed at against the Bears. Now, that's not right because as bad as the Jets are, they're a better team than the Bears by a mile on defense. So... And that's with an incompetent offense. The Jets' defense is 17th DVOA. If they had any kind of competence at all, they would be a top 10 easily. But the Bears are 30th. So there's definitely some line value here in the Jets. And if you look at the summer line, it was Jets plus one and a half. Now, obviously, that's with fucking A-Rod in there. But that would mean to tell me that a 40-year-old Rodgers is eight points better than Zach Wilson. And remember... A-Rod was average, or actually below average last year. So below average, 40-year-old quarterback is eight points better than Zach Wilson. Now, the only quarterback in the league right now that's worse than Zach Wilson at CPOA plus EPA is Burrow, who I told you all was going to be a bust. Nailed it! Yeah. (laughs) And the only quarterback worse than Wilson in QBR is Fields, who I feel like the whole world wanted to tell Chicago – (laughs) <laughs> was going to be a bust, but you know the media were too scared because he's black, and that was a time in America where it was illegal to criticize black people for anything. But right. still is overall, there has to be value here in the Jets for this line simply because of their defense. Look, this is nasty. It's dirty. You don't want to do it. I get it. Yeah, but gotta get that it's, ten it's, though. It's, it's Jets or pa- it's Jets or pass for me here. I would love the ten. If you got a bite of the 10, whatever, uh, I think it'll get there, though, by game day. There'll be public money coming in on Kansas City. Yep. But for the contest, Taylor it's not Swift a half. So Taylor Swift money will come <laughs> in. Heavy. She's already confirmed she's going to be there. All right, there you go. Kick it to 10, and I'm in. Yeah, but for the contest perspective, we're getting nine and a half, so Taylor yeah. Swift does us no good. Yep. She never does. She never does, that ugly bitch. All right, moving on. Oh, it's Monday Night Football. Oh, those New York football giants. Well, um, 
there's still one at a lot of books pretty much painted. It's Pick'em in the contest. It's Pick'em at a couple different books. I don't know. We'll call it minus one for now. Giants home favorites over the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, there's too many injuries in this game on both sides. I need I need some practice reports to uh, figure out who's actually going to be playing in this game. These are two of the most hurt teams in the NFL, along with Baltimore, uh, on a blind you know lean right now. Of course, give me Seattle. I picked them to win that fucking division. So I mean, they should be able to go on the road and win a game. Coin flip, pick them type scenario against the Giants. Yeah. So in the preseason podcast, one of the Giants. Um, I was definitely higher on them than you, and I said specifically, hey, they've been the most injured team for the last Mm -hmm. three years straight. There's no way Mm -hmm. that that bad luck could possibly continue. They've got to be healthy this year, of course. Fucking wrong. Good God. Get your shit together, Giants training staff. I don't know what the fuck is going on over there. Yeah. Uh, the numbers agree on Seattle, of course. Uh, they're just flat out the better team. Uh, the buckets are split here. Now, Seattle is on the road before a bye. They are the road dog right this second. And that's, again, basically a coin flip situation, 29, 26, and 2. So not a lot of advantage there. But here's what I will throw in. Daniel Jones in prime time is now 2-11 and 11, straight up. This is obviously a straight-up pick. It's either going to be one, pick them. Maybe Seattle closes minus one. I actually expect Seattle to close minus one, if not higher, by the time kickoff hits. Uh, Daniel Jones is the new Cousins. So, yeah, it is definitely Seattle or pass for me here. All right. All right, boys and girls, that was all. Those wins coming to the air tonight, baby. Longhorn, it's time everyone's been waiting for. It's time for those free. I said free picks of the week. Long, lay it on, baby. Yeah, I was gonna throw together a teaser for the free pick, but I don't like. Um, do I have Do I have Tennessee at two or two and a half? Let me check. I don't want to take them to eight. So Tennessee, they are at two and a half. And what about and what about Philly? Philly is at oh fuck where they go. Philly is uh we'll call it eight consensus. Okay, well, yeah, let's do the teaser. Fuck it. Uh, let's go Tennessee up to eight and a half, and let's take Philly down to minus two. Two team six point teaser: Philly and Tennessee. All right, Philly minus two, Tennessee up to eight and a half. I love it. All right, college free pick of the week time. Oh man, one of my favorite teams in all of college football. Those Tulane Green Wave minus twenty one and a half. Hosting our good buddy Trent Dilfer in UAB. Oh, my God, again. Now, UAB won us money last week. We bet on them just to show that I'm not biased. Okay. Uh, plus 42 versus Georgia. You might be thinking, well, if Georgia can't cover 42, 
Now, how the hell is Tulane going to cover 21? Well, the reason is because Michael Pratt, their quarterback, is back. And if Pratt played for Georgia, they would have covered the 42 because he's a better quarterback than Georgia's quarterback. In fact, I ran the numbers on this Longhorn, and Georgia currently averages 41.5 points per game. And if Pratt played for Georgia, they would be averaging right about 1,000 points per game right now. That's how good this fucking kid is. Seems right. And now they get to play the 120th defense in the country, 132 out of 133 on a pass rushing success rate. I think my boy might have some time back there. Probably a big reason why opposing quarterbacks are completing 74% of the passes against UAB. Tulane on the other side, 11th in havoc on defense, 5th in sack rate on defense, top 25 in explosive plays allowed, and on top of all of that, Tulane is 17-5, and ATS at home as a favorite since 2019. That's all under this same coaching staff. That's 4th best in the entire nation. Go Green Wave, baby. Sounds good. All right, pizza money parlay time. Now, boys and girls, this is a long shot. So, pizza money only, please. However, this three-game parlay will pay you 271 to 1 on a three-game parlay. All right. So, you're not going to get better value than this. Almost zero chance it hits. But, again, pizza money. All right, Bowling Green plus 1,100. The Hawaii Rainbow Warriors plus 320 and those New Mexico Lobos plus 440. Parlay those together. Again, 271 to 1. One dollar wins you $271. Look, you fucking assholes buy scratch-offs all the time. It's worth a fucking dollar. Just throw a fucking dollar down on it. If it hits, you know, throw us a couple shekels. Whatever. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, boys and girls, uh, it is time. That is all the podcast for the tonight. Longhorn, please tell them about that fabulous website one more time. Award-winning episode number 154 is in the books of the Football Glory Hole podcast. Uh, be sure and go to that website, the Football Glory Hole podcast, and check out you know all the fun stuff we got going on over there. We got free picks. They're on fire, I think, 6-2 and two last time I checked. Um, you know, we've got the college football packages. We've got the NFL packages. We've got the combo packages. You can do that, or you can subscribe to our podcast and just get the awesome kick-ass information on here. I would suggest you do them all because when you do any of them or all of them, we become partners for life and Bocephus in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-on money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. Ah, damn it, people. Never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a sip, baby.